Welcome back, everyone, to episode 90 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy. And Coyle, you know when you're browsing the internet on a Friday morning and you run into a WandaVision spoiler thread? Ooh. Well, that's what we call a sudden spoiling. Ooh. It, and it's got split second, so you can't even look away. No, you, you have to absorb it then and there. Maybe you mana do. abilities can respond to it, but it's about it. <laughs> And I'm your other host, Mike Coyle. And Andy, I'm pretty sure you actually work with a pretty evil demon. You know, Vince, broker of flood insurance. (laughs) Please listen carefully. That's good. Broker of flood (laughs) insurance. We we would be uh, the demons. The brokers. The brokers. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So uh, we, we had some some news that came out this past week. The Probably the biggest item, at least for us, was um, the, the announcement of Magic's uh, Voyage to Universes Beyond. So this is uh, going to be looking at new IPs to bring into the Magic world. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, um, at least for me. I know some people are a little wary about build uh, bringing in other IPs into the Magic Universe, but uh, Wizards of the Coast in this article really explains it well and how they're doing it. Um, yeah, it says among these worlds are the expansive universes of Warhammer 40K and the Lord of the Rings, um, and they are not going to be standard legal. Um, now, I, I know I've mentioned before, I just don't know a ton about Lord of the Rings, I'll be honest. And I've never played Warhammer 40K, but I know you love both of these. Yeah, I used to play Warhammer 40K and actually before that. So Warhammer 40, if you don't know, it's a tabletop miniatures game. Um, and actually, I started tabletop miniatures with a Lord of the Rings tabletop miniatures game because I was really into Lord of the Rings. Still am. How convenient. I know. So I'm I'm like a kid in a candy shop uh, getting to you know bring in my some of my other nerdums. Nerd nerd kingdoms whatever it is into Magic the gathering especially since um in this article it actually alludes to a warhammer 40k commander deck series which is you know that's my format and there's 40k with it it's super exciting for me at least that's how much each of them costs Forty thousand cents four hundred dollars that's still a lot forty thousand cents for a pre-con <laughs> i better have like every single every single deck's five color all the fun things dual lands from reserve or from Duels? Uh, revised. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the article says universes beyond came about thanks to a simple thought. If we can expand our story beyond the game system to things like comics, novels, and other games, then surely we can expand the game system to let players explore worlds outside the worlds of magic. So, uh, similar, uh, similarly to the secret layer for, uh, the walking dead, these are going to have a different, um, rarity stamp on them uh again like we said they won't be standard legal the warhammer 40k is going to be a, a set of commander decks and, and from what from what we can see it sounds like the lord of the rings is going to be a full set on its own yeah yeah it's going to be like a supplementary set that we yeah that we get kind of in between our standard sets so yeah so that that's that's some really big news um and i know there's twitter was up in arms because mm-hmm. of this but i mean in all honesty when isn't Twitter up in arms? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I could go for some more IPs um, being added to Magic. I think honestly, the whole the whole issue with The Walking Dead wasn't necessarily the the fact that it was just a different IP. I think some people had some some issue with some of the characters and and what they portrayed. But 
Um, and, and I mean, it hasn't broken anything. And to be honest, I haven't seen anybody play with those decks. No, I actually, I was, um, in, in preparation for the episode today, I was watching some gameplay videos on YouTube and I did, I think finally see a month ago, I think MTG Mudsta had a Glenn deck on his, so from the, the walking dead secret lair, but that's the first time I've seen it. But I mean, if you're, if you're worried about, or if you're concerned, maybe you don't want to play with these, um, secondary IPs in magic. Like Andy said, there is a different rarity foil stamping on these. So if you look out for that triangular foil stamping, you can see this already on the walking dead secret lair. If you want to rule zero and say no triangle foil stamps, that's all you got to say. And that's up to you and your play group. So yeah, we're all for playing with whatever. Um, I, I, I don't care what you play with us. And we're all for those proxies too. So if someone wants to play with a bunch of proxies, um, we're cool with that. Um, speaking of proxies, so Proxy Lab was on our, uh, on our stream just a couple of weeks ago, actually. And as a thank you, they sent us uh, a set of proxies. We actually tweeted it out. Um, so you may have seen it on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, but we were sent some really awesome uh, proxies of Queen Marchesa, uh, Scytherix, Gaia's Cradle, uh, Gitaxian Probe, Soul Ring, and Salvala Heart of the Wilds. Yeah, so, so this is... is the first time that I've ever had any version of Gaia's Cradle in uh, my hand. The same, the same. And I don't have it in my hand yet. You have it at your house. I have it. I have it at my house. Um, but this this is the first time I've ever had a Gaia's Cradle. These are so cool. And uh, actually, everybody calls Scytherix Skittles. It's just been a nickname that everybody calls it. And this one actually is called Skittles the, Bl- the Blight Dragon. And it has a Skittles border with Skittles all over the card. It's adorable. It really and there's is. a rainbow behind it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I have a deck that Skittles goes in, but I'm, a, I'm just going to shove it somewhere. Just take a swamp out of my mono black deck and shove a Skittles in there. Yeah, for sure. So, so Proxy Lab, thank you so much for sending these to us and um, check them out on Twitter. I believe it is at lab underscore proxy. Uh, lots of really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, we also had an opportunity uh, over the past couple of weeks to, you know, catch up with some of our Patreon rewards. We got a lot of our Patreon tokens out for, um, you know, just a couple stragglers and all of our new uh, patrons. So if you're a patron and you donated to the level where you'd be getting a place of tokens, if you haven't already received them, look out for them in the mail. Yes. And if you have not put your address into Patreon yet, please do that. I see that there's a few folks that I don't have the address. So um, do that so we can send you some really cool tokens. Um, Speaking of tokens, though, Coyle, you got to play your new Abzan token stack this past week. Yeah, I actually played it, I think, a total of like three times, uh, (laughs) once once on stream and two times in some casual games. And it's so much fun. That deck is... Uh, really, really awesome. I don't have any tutors in it or anything, so it plays differently every single time I played it. Uh, Andy, you got to see the um, the landfall sub theme go pretty crazy with the Scoot Swarm in our in our uh, streamed game. So you got to see yep. one facet of the deck. So hopefully, I get to show you some of the other facets when when I get to play it a little bit more. Yeah. No, that was that was really cool. Uh, I'm still working on my Orvar deck. It's not done yet, but we got to see Orvar on stream. Chris Wolf played that, and um, that deck is really cool. Yeah, really, really cool for being a mono blue deck. Um, so if you want to support us uh, and join our our Patreon streams um, with our patrons, uh, you can head to Patreon.com/slash The Guardian Project, or I'm sorry, Guardian Project Pod, and donate for any dollar amount. 
Yeah, and if you want to support the podcast uh, in another way, wherever you're listening to the podcast on now, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, if you could hit like, uh, leave us a follow, hit the bell icon if you want to see or get um, notifications on when we release new content on our YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate that. Any comments you want to give us in order to improve the podcast to make it better for you. Um, If you don't tell us that we need to improve it. We don't know that we need to improve it. So you got to tell us. So please do that. And uh, we really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. So Coyle, what are we talking about this week? Um, this week, we actually have a patron deck tech. So, you know, speaking of Patreon, one of our reward levels uh, for Patreon uh, support is um, being able to review one of your decks here as an entire episode of our show. So that is what we're going to be doing this week. Who are we talking about? What deck? Uh, we're talking about Dan Krause's Villas Broker of Blood deck. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into that. So Dan Krause submitted his Villas Broker of Blood deck to be our deck tech for this week. And... Um, it it is it is probably one of the most powerful mono black decks that I've ever played against, and um, I've played against your mono black decks. It's true. It's true. I uh, I actually used to have a Villas deck back in the day, and I, I was just talking to Andy right before this. So I actually took it apart because it was a little too strong. Um, Villas is so so strong. I mean, but he's eight mana. So I know. mean, how bad could it be? It costs eight mana. It's so expensive. It's not going to come out very quickly, right? Um, you know, maybe like turn three or four at the earliest. Yeah, maybe turn three or four, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Villas Broker of Blood is an 8-8 flying demon for five black, black, black that has pay one black and two life to give target creature minus one, minus one until end of turn. And it says whenever you lose life, draw that many cards. That's it's a- so expensive and it's so mana intensive. It couldn't be that good, right? It can't be no. any good. No. It's... So strong. It is so strong. <laughs> so just to start off, we're going to read. Um, so when we when Dan sent us his deck list, uh, it actually his primer that he had was a little bit dated. Um, and we're going to we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, he mentions some cards in there that are no longer in the deck list. And, and I understand why. Um, but just to go over like his first paragraph and exactly what this deck wants to do. He says that this deck is loaded with effects that sacrifice your own life for card draw and control the board. Once Villas is out on the board, he turbocharges up all black card draw and also turns cards from an answer also into more card draw. All in all, there are over 30 card draw, in quotation, spells in this deck once Villas is on the field. So um, it's really just taking advantage of all of these uh, black cards with the, quote, negative side effect, unquote, of uh, using your life as part of the cost of the spell. And we're going to take that to our advantage and we're going to draw a bunch of cards because of it. Yeah, you know, I never used to use my life total as a resource. I I mean, I used to be very, oh, I'm at 30. Uh, And now... Now, you know, I'll go to town with a um, Bolasa Citadel. Oh, I'm at 10. I'll still cast this card for four from the top of my library. I love it. For sure. I actually think there's a a pretty interesting parallel uh, that you started using your life total as a resource at the same time that we we all started swinging with our 1-1 mana dorks when we don't have to use them for mana. It's like, you got to do one. 
You got that life's a resource. You got to do that one when you can do that one. I always swing him for that random one and two damage. We used to not do that. Right. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. Um, So in this deck, um, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to do similar effects. Um, And so there's some really strong cards in mono black and we feel like maybe you can use these cards or maybe even categorize them all uh, together to give similar effect, right? So we've got cards like Yawgmoth, Bargain, Phyrexian Arena, um, and and Greed. And so let's talk about these cards and cards that do similar effects in the deck. Right, so Yawgmoth's Bargain, um, for a lot of people that don't know, is arguably one of the best uh, black card draw spells in, in, in the game. I, sorry, I almost said Commander. It's banned in Commander. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because uh, Villas actually turns a bunch of other cards into pseudo Yawgmoth's Bargain effects. So Yawgmoth's Bargain is a 6 CMC enchantment. So for 4 black black, you get an enchantment permanent that says skip your draw step pay one life, draw a card. So when we're looking at how do we replicate this effect in a Villas deck, how do we replicate the effect of this banned six converted mana cost enchantment that was too good for commander? How do we replicate that in a Villas deck? It's anything where you can pay life repeatedly without having to uh, tap or pay mana into the effect. Um, and it doesn't really matter if you do anything when you pay that life, but at the same time, you just get extra uh, added effects. Right. So I'll start with my favorite of these, a card that I run in my Gerard Golgari Lichlord deck, which is Wall of Blood. It is a 0-2 wall for two and a black that says pay one life, Wall of Blood gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. That's it. So you can pay your life, pump up this wall. You can use it as a blocker if you want. I mean, it's probably relevant, but if Villas is out, every time you do this, you draw one card. That's right. Yes, please. So you yes, can, please. You can, in theory, draw 39 cards and then see if you have the win in your hand or not. And then you also yes. will have a 39-41 wall, you know, in case you need it. A 39-41 wall, and it specifically says, walls can't attack. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 25 cent card from, from, from Mirrodin, sign me up. Why not? Um, So actually, since you started with your favorite, I'm going to start with my favorite. And it's actually a card that was printed relatively recently. I guess it's almost two years ago now, though. I can't even believe it. (laughs) So this is Doom Whisperer from the uh, Guilds of Ravnica set from summer 2018, 2019, whatever it was. So for three black black, you get a Nightmare Demon 6-6 with Flying and Trample that says pay two life surveil too so if you're not familiar with the surveil keyword it's like scry but instead of putting the card at the bottom of your library you put it into your graveyard um so not only are you paying two life and drawing two cards when combined with villas here but you're also looking at the next two cards in your library as well so um technically if you pay 38 of your starting 40 life total you can look at a total of 76 cards of your library um and then if you take into account the fact that you start the game with you know seven cards unless you mulligan down um you know you you really maybe are only looking at 10 cards left in your library after that uh so i think doom whisperer with that extra surveillability is probably one of the most powerful cards to make it through your deck in villas plus you're in mono black and the surveil putting cards in your graveyard could probably take advantage of it absolutely 
Um, the next card here is Unspeakable Symbol. It is an enchantment for one black black that says pay three life, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. So you're gonna you're gonna put a counter on a creature and and draw three cards. I, that's it. I love it. That's right. And you can I mean, and your commander is already a flying eight eight. So why not just make your commander bigger? Hundred percent. All right, the last card that we have here that is emulating our Yawgmoth's Bargain um, is a card I've literally never heard of before looking through this list, and that is Soul Changeling. Uh, this is an enchant creature aura for two and a black that says pay two life, regenerate enchanted creature. And that's yeah, it. So re- regenerate is if the next time this creature would be destroyed, it's just not destroyed. And I believe it also taps it and removes it from combat. Yes. But that's really great to throw on Villas. It's pseudo-indestructible uh, with the quote-unquote downside of having to pay life, so you get to draw cards to make Villas, again, now, not you, truly indestructible. but Not truly, but it does kind of affect it if you are trying to go with the Voltron strategy, which we will obviously get to uh, later with swinging, um, because it does remove it from combat. Mm-hmm. But that's a really great card to give protection to your Villas, because it, it, um, it's the next time. So you can pay two life, and if someone tries to remove it, and then someone tries to remove it again, you can pay another two life. Yeah, and even if, I mean, you can also just literally Destroy use this as a card. Destroy exile. Yeah, and you can literally just use this as a card draw outlet too. You don't you don't necessarily have to have Villas being killed in order to regenerate it. You can just regenerate it, you know, 15 times at the end of the person's turn right before yours, draw 30 cards. So very, very cool draw outlet um, with Villas. So those are the four staples uh, in this deck that kind of, um, emulate Yagma's bargain. Before we move on to the next uh, emulation card, I did want to mention Blood Celebrant here. This card is not being used by Dan, and I think it's kind of a missed opportunity. Um, and Dan, don't take offense to that. Uh, so Blood Celebrant is a one black creature cleric, one one that says pay a black and one life to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So this doesn't actually net you mana, but it is mana even. And then you can keep paying one life into it. So it's going to be just as relevant as your wall of blood here, um, except maybe if you do need the big blocker uh, in order to just draw cards for by paying one life. Listen, having five options is better than, better than four. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the next section is on the card Greed, which is a very popular card in a lot, of, a lot of commander decks. Greed is an enchantment for three and a black that says pay one black, pay two life, draw a card. So um, it could be a relatively high CMC card in, in a lot of decks being at four, but seeing as um, we do have a, a good amount of, of ramp here, and it is in mono black that can usually produce a significant amount of mana. Um, it becomes a really, really strong enchantment. So uh, combined with Villas, you get to draw three cards for one black mana because you're drawing a card off of Greed and you're paying two life into that ability, which draws you two off of Villas. That's right. Um, of really, the, really strong. Yeah. Of these three black staples that we talked about, um, Greed is actually the only one that we're both emulating and playing in this deck. Yes. Um, greed is is included. That's right. Um, so the other cards that we're going to be talking about here are going to have extra advantages um, in order to pay the mana into them rather than uh, just drawing cards. So the, the next card that we're going to talk about here is Pestilence. So Pestilence is a two black black enchantment that says at the end of each turn, if no creatures are in play, sacrifice Pestilence. And at the beginning of your upkeep, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. And then you could pay black <laughs> and pestilence deals one damage to each creature and each player. Um, so this one damage is going to hit yourself and you're going to be able to draw a card from that from Villas. Uh, the one kind of downside here is the damage will also hit Villas. So you'll only be able to do it, um, you know, eight times uh, until Villas dies, unfortunately, unless it's indestructible somehow or you can regenerate it or whatnot. So, um, but the added advantage of being able to clear out tokens, you know, this deck doesn't really focus on creating one, one tokens or anything. So you don't have to worry about killing your own creatures, but you can, you know, take out other people's token strategies. Um, and the fact that you're dealing damage to your opponents as well, it's not just you losing life, but your opponents losing the same amount of life, keeping you on an even playing field, but you're the one drawing cards and not them. Exactly. The next card here is Erebos, God of the Dead. For uh, three and a black, you get a 5-7 legendary enchantment creature god with indestructible. That says as long as your devotion to black is less than five, Erebos isn't a creature. It also has your opponents cannot gain life, which is... Huge. Not Yeah, it's very important in Commander. As much as life life gain strategies get... um, I guess pushed pushed to the side or or maybe not thought of as a high power strategy. The amount of time that me you know the amount of times that me just gaining ten life has been relevant is really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, but Erebos also has pay one and a black and two life to draw a card. So you've got um, you've got the greed mechanic uh, or the the greed card on Erebos for one extra mana. Yeah, um, one, one extra colorless though, so it's not too bad. Correct, one extra colorless. Um, so you, you, you pay two life and draw three cards. Your opponents can't gain life, and a 5-7 indestructible isn't nothing, especially when the fact that your commander comes with three black mana on it. Right, so only one more devotion past Erebos and your commander, and it's a creature. And, and it's a creature. And this, this particular enchantment's indestructible, so you can consider that an upgrade over greed as well. And yeah, the opponents can't gain life. I, I know you mentioned life gain strategies, but even if we look at a mirror matchup with Villas, in this Villas deck, we're going to see a lot of life gain strategy in here too. So even in the mirror matchup, it's going to be important. Right. Uh, the next card here is uh, Phyrexian Reclamation. So this is an enchantment for one black that says you can pay one and a black and two life to return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So this is super nice because it's just a super cheap card. It literally only costs one black to get out there. Um, and then it's going to help with a couple of the enter the battlefield um, creatures that are running in this deck. Uh, the big one is going to be Grey Merchant of Asphodel, like we see in every single mono black deck that's out there. The more times that you can recur that from your graveyard and put it onto the battlefield, um, the better. And this particular deck doesn't run too many direct reanimation spells from the graveyard uh, to the battlefield. Actually, I think reanimation might be the only one, and that's because you have to pay life equal to the converted mana cost, so it goes well with the card draw strategy with Villas. Um, but so this uh, Phyrexian Reclamation is going to be a great way to keep recurring your creatures and drawing cards uh, on top. Right. The next card we're going to try to emulate is Phyrexian Arena. So another black uh, popular card um, that, that basically... Uh, deals damage to you at the beginning of your upkeep, but you receive extra benefit from just having Villas Broker of Blood out. So Phyrexian Arena is an enchantment for one black black that says at the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and lose a life. Now we're not playing Phyrexian Arena in this version that Dan has, but there are some other cards that are similar, not not necessarily that um, you're just going to draw a single card, but in the, in the fact that you're going to lose a life at your upkeep, but 
it it does something in addition just because of Villas. So the first one here is Blessing of Leeches, which is uh, an enchant creature. It's an aura for two and a black that says, you may play Blessing of Leeches anytime you could play an instant. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and it has pay zero to regenerate enchanted creature. Whoa, pay zero? <laughs> pay zero. So it's... you're gonna instant speed put this on Villas, I assume at the end of at the end of an opponent's turn or just in response to removal. Um, but at the beginning of your upkeep, it just says you lose one life and draw one card if Villas is out. Yeah. Yeah, it's super, super great. I didn't it is another one of those cards I didn't know exactly. It's a common from uh rivals of Kamigawa. Betrayal of Kamigawa? No, it's a 25 cent card. It's the it's the one that looks like the Shuriken. Right. Like the Yeah, I don't I don't know the Kamigawa set symbol. That's one I will say I don't know those ones as well. If you know that set, <laughs> comment on this podcast or video on what what symbol it's from. But no, I didn't know that existed. Paying zero to regenerate a creature, that's absolutely nuts. It's that's basically indestructible at that point. It's from know, Betrayers of Kamigawa. Perfect. <laughs> all right so the next card we're going to talk about is uh a, a mono black staple even in modern uh, and this is bob or dark confidant so dark confidant is uh, one in a black for a two one human wizard that says at the beginning of your upkeep reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand you lose life equal to its converted mana costs um so what's normally seen as a downside on bob where you're losing life i guess maybe in modern it's played with uh which it's the the shadow death shadow and maybe you want to lose the life there too so maybe it's actually kind of similar to the modern strategy um but the downside of losing life equals the converted mana cost of the card is actually going to just draw you that many cards so maybe you want to reveal your six cmc bolus of citadel with your bob and like oh no i took six damage also i'm drawing six cards um but just the inherent uh you know card of of Bob of dark confidant in, in a black deck. I mean, putting it out on turn two, just to start getting card advantage, you have 40 life at that point. You might as well just use your life as a resource and start getting extra card advantage. So this is kind of a double whammy, really, really good card early and late game. Absolutely. Uh, the next card here is a, is a, a, a rock uh, that costs nothing. So it's mana crypt. Um, it's an artifact that, that costs zero. And it says that at the beginning of your upkeep, you flip a coin. If you lose the flip, it deals three damage to you, um, and it taps for two colorless. So um, if you lose the flip, sure you take three, but you draw three. If you don't lose the flip, now you have a zero, you know, a zero CMC rock that taps for two. Yeah, it, maybe you want to play Kark's Thumb in here, so you purposefully lose that flip every time, and you always draw three cards. Sure, probably. probably. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Probably not. Probably but. Not. You could probably draw into it pretty quickly, so it would be probably consistent, right? That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, now, another artifact that's going to do a very similar uh, effect, but maybe more consistently, uh, is Mana Vault. So Mana Vault is a 1 CMC uh, Mana Rock that says Mana Vault doesn't untap during your untap step. At the beginning of your upkeep, you can pay 4 generic, and if you do untap Mana Vault... At the beginning of your draw step, if Mana Vault is tapped, it deals one damage to you. Or in a Villas deck, you draw one card. Uh, and then you can tap it for three. So not only are both of these Mana Rocks very you know, cost efficient and they produce a lot of colorless mana, which you're going to need to pump out your Villas um, 
you know, being uh, five colorless in his, in his, well, not five colors, five generic in his casting cost. Um, but it's also going to, you know, net you extra advantages when they're just on the battlefield with Villa. So it, I think that's kind of uh, interesting and really cool synergy to play this cheap and fast mana. Absolutely. And now we've got just some other cards that are, that, that work really well with Villas, seeing that you um, can pay life or, or you receive a, a lot of benefit from it. So I'm actually going to talk about a card that I had mentioned earlier, which is Bolas' Citadel. So legendary artifact for three black, black, black that says you can look at the top card of your library at any time. You can play the top card of your library. So if it is a land, you can play it. Um, and then if you cast a spell this way, you pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than paying its mana cost. Um, so it's a really strong card here because you you can get those lands off of the top of your deck. You can play a big spell off the top of your deck and then draw a bunch of cards off of Villas. Um, and it also has an ability that um, may, I will not say that a lot of people forget about because it's may, maybe it's just me, but it also has uh, tap and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents to have each opponent lose 10 life. And I do believe that I have lost to that ability on Bolas of Citadel to Dan before in this yeah. deck yeah so bolasa citadel is an extremely extremely powerful card yeah it's like even better than the bob effect so but but almost equivalent for all the card draw it's super awesome and and if you and if you do have a land on top there's there's a good chance that you have a way to lose a life and get rid of that land off the top in yeah. this deck I mean, you can which simply is, pay one black into villas's ability to do that C correct. In a lot of other decks with Bolasa Citadel, you you can get stuck and you go, I don't have a way to get this card off the top of my library because you had to let you maybe had two lands in a row, and um and you don't have a way to lose life. But yeah, you're right. Villas does have just pay one black mana, and then you can lose life and draw a card. Um, I guess you do give a creature minus one minus one until end of turn, which is not irrelevant. Um, no, works you do, fantastic with this card. You do have to have, uh, I guess one thing people might not realize, you do have to have a relevant target for his ability to give minus one, minus one. You can target Villas himself with his own ability. So you can do it uh, seven times before Villas himself dies. So right. just in case you're looking at that. And speaking of Villas's ability, uh, I think the only thing that can make Villas's ability of pay one black and pay two life to do the minus one minus one would be better is if you didn't have to pay any mana into it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that brings us to our next card, which is Kyrick, son of Yawgmoth. Uh, so Kyrick is a four Frexian Black, Frexian Black, Frexian Black, 2-2 two, two Horror Minion. And if you're not familiar with Frexian mana, that just means you could pay two life instead of a black mana for those uh, mana bubbles. Uh, so Mana bubbles. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, so he has the ability that says, for each black in a cost, whether it is the cost of a spell or an ability, um, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. Whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Kyrick, son of Yawgmoth. Um, so Kyrick allowing you to pay life instead of mana is not only going to help you ramp out some of your higher converted mana cost uh, spells, but it's also um, going to net you card draw uh, on top of the fact that you are you now can activate Villas's ability by paying two life rather than paying any black. Um, and that's the same for the enchantment greed um, or any of the other um, 
you know, black pips that appear on some of the activated abilities that we already talked about uh, earlier in this episode. So um, very, very powerful card. Uh, I actually have a Kyrick Son of Yawgmoth uh, Shadowborn Apostle deck, and Vilas is always the first target that I go get because it will definitely draw me into all of my answers and win conditions. And I definitely pe- think people sleep a lot on Kyrick's lifelink ability. They think Kyrick is just there um, to turn everything into Phyrexian Black, but the fact that Kyrick has lifelink can keep you in the game um, just pretty relevantly, especially since you're going to be casting so many black cards uh, and putting more plus one plus one counters in him to to offset the life loss. It's true. I'm one of those people that thinks it's just there for the Phyrexian mana. <laughs> and I only think that, I'll be honest, because every time I see a Kyrick out and it's being used by me mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. it always dies. Yeah. No one lets it live. It's a really strong card. <laughs> but but you should let it live once. I mean, give me a shot. Just give me a I, chance. If you, give if me you a chance. It, if you make a deal with me, absolutely, I'll let it live. Because I love seeing Kirk go off. Okay, so the next time I play Kirk, you just won't kill it for like one round. I, I'm usually not the person with the removal spell in hand anyways. This to be is fair. true. This is true. You do play some greedy decks as well. Just like this deck is pretty greedy, you do play some greedy decks. But no. Um, Crick is there. Um, I do think that we should uh, we should suggest a name change, though, based on, you know, how you explained Crick. And we should have, uh, we should we should suggest Dan call this Villas's Mana Bubbles. Ah, van- Mana Bubbles. I like it. Mana Bubbles. It you know, a- mono black Mana Bubbles. It seems a lot less intimidating that way. And people are like, oh, you know, we're just playing with bubbles today. We're just playing with bubbles. <laughs> so a few more cards here. Um, actually, some lands that that um, give us some some really good uh, synergies with, with Villas. Uh, the first one here, Ancient Tomb, taps to add two colorless mana. Um, and, and you actually will. Um, it deals two damage to you at the same time. So you're going to tap for two and draw two at the same time. Really great card. I love it. Yeah, and you know, ha- having a land that taps for two is going to help you ramp out Villas anyways, um, so that's always cool. Uh, the next land we have is Beseju, who shelters all. It does come into play tapped, um, but you tap it and it and deal and you pay two life uh, or you draw two cards and you add one colorless to your mana <laughs> pool. If this mana is spent to cast an instant or sorcery spell, the spell can't be countered by spells or abilities. Um, so this is not only important to just get a couple extra card draw, you can use this on a on a creature. It doesn't say you can't use it on a creature. It just doesn't become uncounterable. So you can always use this to uh, draw some cards, but being able to have your uh, big X spells like an Exsanguinate uh, or something come down and have it uncounterable is uh, always a plus side to win the yeah, game. Yeah, this is one of those cards that every time I see someone play it, it's it's always great. Like I just, I like seeing it. I like how it works. I don't own a Beseju. I really wish I had. Do you play this in any deck? I don't own one. I don't own one myself. You don't own one either? No. Man. It would be strong. We should probably... And and any deck that... I mean, I have all my mono black decks that win with a giant Torment of Hailfire or Exsanguinate or something should be playing Buseju. But at the same time, Narset's Reversal still gets around that Buseju. That's true. That's true. And the land, the last land here is Tarnished Citadel, a land that I actually really like. Um, it taps for one colorless mana, or you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool and lightning bolt yourself. So you deal three damage to you and draw three cards. So if you don't need the mana, I guess you can still tap it and draw three cards. Um, otherwise, you can choose any color. Now you're in a mono black deck, so you're probably just going to tap it and add black anyway, um, and draw three cards. Otherwise, you can tap it for the colorless if 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 um, Villas isn't out. 
Right. So I, I like that uh, ability. You know, you're probably going to be playing Urborg in your deck too. So maybe you'll be able to tap it for a black either way. But the fact that you don't have to take damage from it every single time, I really like about that land. Right. But, so Coil, we are paying so much life. How are we not just going to die with this deck that Dan runs? So there's a lot of... There's, there's, I have 10 different cards put to the side <laughs> specifically that are going to make it so that Dan doesn't die. <laughs> All right. Um, Lay them on us. So the first one um, is, an, I think, a very underplayed enchantment. Personally, I don't see it enough. Um, see it more in go-wide strategies than you do in go-tall strategies. But I think it should be included in both. And that is Whip of Erebos. So this is a two black, black legendary enchantment artifact that says creatures you control have lifelink. That's the big thing there. Um, it does have a secondary ability of pay two black, black, and tap it to return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. If it would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. I don't think the reanimation ability in this is as relevant as everything else. We're only playing 14 creatures total in this deck. Um, but I guess they are kind of all really strong creatures. Um, but, you know, a, a creature like Solemn Simulacrum is always going to be a nice creature to reanimate with Whip. Um, but if you want to maybe combo off or something, maybe you're going to be grabbing your Kyrick or a Grey Merchant or something like that. Um, but mostly the lifelink part of this enchantment is, is the important part for this permanent. Yeah, no, really great. The next card here is Shadow Spear. So this is a this one is actually still in standard. So um, a legendary artifact equipment for one mana that says equip creature gets plus one plus one has trample and lifelink and pay one permanent your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn which is actually important with cards that are in this deck um, it has equip for two so you can equip this to your commander or any of the other relevant um strong creatures in this deck i mean there there aren't um there aren't really any bad creatures, right? I mean, there you know a lot of these are doing something very strong, right? So Erebos is a five seven, um, Crit can just become ginormous. Psychosis Crawler can be very large. Wall of Blood, if you really want to block, I guess you can put Shadow Spear on it, and pay a bunch of life, right? Because you just get it all back. Mm -hmm. um, I think Shadow Spear is a fantastic card. I started running this in a lot of my commander decks. And um, I'm I'm never really disappointed when I play Shadow Spear. No, that activated ability to remove hexproof, it like you said, is very important uh, for any target removal. So uh, it's right, really even nice card. even so, it removes indestructible too, which is really really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, next one is a little bit older card, but it did get a reprint in Double Masters, and that is Basilisk Collar. So for one generic mana. You get an artifact equipment that says equip creature has death touch and lifelink, and you can equip for two. So again, uh, throw in lifelink on one of your creatures. Probably going to be Vilas just because he's already a flying 8-8, and you can get in and gain a lot of life. Um, not too much more to say about Basilisk Collar. No, no, there's really not. The next card is Eternal Thirst, another aura. Um, this is a lot of auras in this deck, which I do like to see. Uh, one in a black for enchant creature that says enchant creature, enchanted creature has lifelink, and whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. So um, we're 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 gonna see a lot of creatures dying when Villas is out. I mean, especially if you're let's say you're playing against a token deck, right? So you pay one mana and two life into Villas's ability, and you could potentially just wipe out someone's go wide strategy. But there's other cards in here that are just gonna take out um, you know, uh creatures that your opponents control, right? So I see there's damnation, uh Dan is running Toxic Deluge. Um, I, I think this card 
does a lot more than just um, benefit you when a creature naturally dies. You've got you've got some removal here and can destroy some creatures and and really pump up Villas or whatever creature you put this on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the last one that we have where we're talking about gearing up Villas uh, is Rush of Vitality. So this is more of like a combat trick type of deal. And I'm this is this is to be fair one one card that I do question um, in this deck list. I think there's probably improvements you can make uh, from this particular card. But maybe Dan has seen this card be very relevant uh, because of its combat trick. Uh, nature. So this is Rush of Vitality for one and a black. It's an instant. It says target creature gets plus one plus zero and gains lifelink and indestructible until end of turn. So obviously the indestructible is important. Um, maybe Dan saw a lot of instances where he was swinging in with Villas and someone uses target removal on it and he says, oh, target removal. How about I give him indestructible and lifelink? I'm going to gain a bunch of life now too and I'm going to make you pay. You know, maybe that's the mentality behind uh, behind that, but um, I think there's probably another black aura or something that will grant lifelink that might uh, be a better fit here. Um, I haven't didn't have an opportunity to talk to Dan about Rush of Vitality in particular, so I'll have that conversation with him after maybe this episode. So that we, maybe so it's that we're just increasing the number of folks that are playing Rush of Vitality. I love seeing cards like this where you where someone casts it and you go, "I've never even heard of this card. <laughs> what even is this?" Um, and it looks like this is from the Kaladesh block. It maybe it was reprinted, but I think this is a really cool card. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. now that Villas is huge, right? I mean, we're assuming our plan is working in our favor. What are we going to do with this giant Villas? Um, uh, Coil, tell us about the first card that we are going to cast. Yeah, so the first card is another enchantment aura, the ones that uh, Andy seems to like in this deck. So for one and a, <laughs> for one and a black, uh, you enchant a creature you control. It says when in, when enchanted creature dies, target player loses X life and you gain X life, where X is its power. So this is just like I guess putting a fuse on Villas. Just go. I'm going to enchant him and then I'll let whenever you're ready to destroy him and take all this damage to your face, you just let me know, you know? So I, I really, and that was, that was what dying wish dying wish. Yes. One in a black. All right. Yeah. No, that, that is, I don't think I've ever seen this card cast either. And it's from a really good set. It's yeah, gate crash. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. If, if you, since you like the set so much. I know. I you know I didn't get to play limited, so I okay. you know um, really really cool card though. Uh, the next card is Essence Harvest. Essence Harvest is a sorcery for two and a black that says target player loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So um, we're gonna get some life back here. We're not drawing necessarily, but you know if Villas is at you know fifteen power or or more or whatever it is, even if it's just at its regular power, I'll be honest. Playing a card to to have someone lose eight and you gain eight, I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the last one we have here is another sorcery. This is Rite of Consumption. So for one and a black. If a sorcery it says, as additional cost to play, Rite of Consumption, sacrifice a creature. Rite of Consumption deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to target player, and you gain life equal to the damage dealt this way. So... This is going to be a way that you can uh, fling your giant Villas at someone or um, some other opportunities. You know, we do play Psychosis Crawler in here. So if you do have a giant Psychosis Crawler and you feel like you want to keep your Villas or draw a few more cards, you could technically fling your own creatures at your own face. 
uh, to deal damage to yourself, draw those <laughs> cards, and then gain the life immediately back. So that's the big brain plan. I never, I did not think about that one. I'll be honest. Maybe, maybe you could combine it with your wall of blood, you know, and like, do, Ooh. but then you have to, you have to do the math a little bit, make sure you don't kill yourself with the, the math fling. is for blockers, not for flingers. That's, well, you're flinging at yourself. So I better hope. Better hope you're good at math, <laughs> right? So uh, now, if we ha- if we're if we're not utilizing Villas, right? We've got some other ways to win the game. I do see that Dan is running Urborg and Cabal Coffers. So Urborg says um, each land is a swamp in addition to its other types. And Cabal Coffers says pay two and tap it to add black to your mana pool for each swamp you control. So you can produce a lot of a lot of mana very quickly. We've got cards like Exsanguinate and Gray Merchant of Asphodel. So I'll talk about Gray Merchant. So Gray Merchant says um, it, it's a 2-4 zombie for 3 black black that says when Gray Merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life where X is your devotion to black. And you gain life equal to the life lost this way. So if you have a lot of cards or a lot of black mana pips or um, bubbles, lots of yeah, mono bubbles. black bubbles yes. out, um, you can cast a gray merchant and gain a lot of life and then perhaps use that to um, cast more of the cards that you just drew um, from causing yourself to lose life in some way uh, other than gray merchant. Yes. And you have Exsanguinate, which is a sorcery for X black black that says each opponent loses X life and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. A card that is, again, particularly good in commander because you have more than one opponent. So you're going to be gaining a lot of life. Um, so yeah, those are, those are just, you know, some regular old mono black wind conditions that you're going to throw in this deck just in case you can't get there with your specific villas wind conditions. Right. Um, so, so now that we've drawn a lot of our deck, like let's say our plan is still going according to plan, right? Because every time I played against villas, the plan is never interrupted. It just keeps going. Yeah. We've, we've drawn, let's say we've drawn the majority of our deck. What are we going to do to win coil? So um, Dan's favorite win condition, according to his primer, and I think it's the same because I'm pretty sure I've lost to the same condition uh, <laughs> I more have than lost once. To this as well (laughs) so his favorite win condition is veto thorn of the dusk rose so that's uh two and a black for a one three vampire cleric says whenever you gain life target opponent loses that much life and then you can pay three black black and creatures you control gain life link until end of turn so this is the uh, same effect as sanguine bond um which is a five converted mana cost enchantment that does the same effect whenever you gain life target opponent loses that much life um these two effects do technically go infinite with exquisite blood which is in the deck so uh, exquisite blood says um whenever an opponent loses life you gain that much life uh so Mm -hmm. you just have to trigger either an opponent losing life or you gaining life it goes infinite back and forth uh between the two enchantments and you win that way um Dan doesn't usually like to win with the infinite combos, uh, but no. he, he does like to like gain 40 life and then ping you for 40 with the villa. So whenever I play against Dan, Dan always says, I want to draw all the cards. Should I be greedy? And, and both coil and I in unison are always like, yes, yeah, of course, of course, draw all the cards. It's my favorite thing. And speaking of drawing cards, the next win con here is Psychosis Crawler. So it's a star star for its power and toughness artifact horror that says um, Psychosis Crawler's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. So it costs five mana and it says whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. So um, you're going to cause yourself to lose life to draw cards, which is going to cause them to lose life. Really great. Really great stuff here. And keep everyone on the same playing field. 
and and the amount of cards that you draw on this deck is bananas. So I would expect that, you know, if you see a Psychosis Crawler resolve, you might not have another turn. And I think I was that that um that naive and innocent uh opponent that one time Dan played Psychosis Crawler and I said, Oh, I think I can remove it on my next turn. And I think I remember him saying, Oh, you think you're gonna get another turn. <laughs> <laughs> So really, really great card and, um, you know, affordable. I think this card's under 50 cents. So yeah. I, I really like Psychosis Crawler. Yeah. And if if drawing cards to kill everyone with Psychosis Crawler doesn't quite get Dan there, he actually has three different abilities to discard cards from his enormous hand of cards that he's been drawing in order to do extra effects. So he has a Scourge Familiar, which is a creature that allows you to discard cards to add black mana to your mana pool. It's Crown of Darkness, uh, which is an aura with flash. Uh, that says target you discard a card target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn and then sickening dreams which is a one in a black sorcery that says as an additional cost to play sickening dreams discard x cards from your hand and sickening dreams deals x damage to each creature and each player that particular card sickening dreams is kind of cool because you could discard 10 cards deals 10 damage to each player and then you get to draw those 10 cards right back because you control your velas yeah that card is fantastic um, and so, then next, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say next we have hatred, which is an instant speed uh, spell for three black black that says pay X life target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. So if you want to get in for that uh, that that commander damage with Villas, you you can just pay um, a, a lot of life. To yeah. give Villas plus X plus O and you and you draw all those cards. Yeah, 13 life. 13 life to make Villas a 21 power commander flying at instant speed at your opponent to get him with the uh, commander damage. So pay five to draw 13 and take someone out with commander damage. Yeah. It's, it's, Sign me up. It, this is a reserve list card uh, that is spiking in price. So do be careful about the price of Hatred. I don't have but, a copy of this. I'm so sad I don't have a copy of Hatred. Yeah, it's a really fun card. A lot of people were using it in like a Skittles deck or something to get there with Infect or sure. I, I really like using it in Kirik because Kirik has lifelink so you get all the life back that you pay into it anyways so very very underrated card but maybe people aren't playing it uh, because it's expensive and it's a reserve yeah. list card. It looks like it's at $30 for a damaged copy and for uh, for uh, just a regular version it looks like the price right now is around $52 so if you have one and you want to play Villas, fantastic addition yeah now, the last two sections that we're going to talk about here, um, probably spend less time here because it's kind of just more standard stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of the mana base and then uh, the control side of the deck. So um, I know, Andy, you already mentioned the Urborg and Cabal Coffers um, in the lands portion. Uh, when looking at Dan's deck list, he doesn't seem to run too many utility lands. He runs actually 24 basics, uh, snow-covered mm-hmm. snow basics uh, specifically. Um, so I, I think that uh, his Cabal Coffers doesn't necessarily depend on Urborg as much as my Cabal Coffers would in my mono black decks, um, and even to the point where you might uh, he might want to think about running uh, Cabal Stronghold in this deck in, to get even more mana. I run Cabal Stronghold in my Veto deck. I really like it, and I don't know how many Swamp you want to have specifically to make Cabal Stronghold relevant, but I do like that card, and it can at least tap for mana um, when you don't need to activate its ability. Right. Sure. 
Um, he's going to run Crypt Ghast, uh, which is going to double his swamps, but has the added effect of being able to extort things to get uh, some more life back in case he's running low on life, which is awesome. Uh, Jet Medallion is probably my number one quote-unquote mana rock. It's not a rock, but it makes all your black spells cost one less. Uh, extra planar lens in combination with a snow-covered swamp so that hopefully he will be the only one getting double mana from the extra planar lens. Um, this is one particular deck that Jeweled Lotus works really well in because yes. uh, <laughs> Villas does have not only three black pips in his mana cost, but he also just costs eight. So black or Jeweled Lotus is going to be great to get you there. Right. And then and then uh, finishing out and rounding out the deck here, we've got some removal and some control. So we have a copy of Darkness, which is a mono black fog. It is a one, one black for an instant speed spell that says prevent all combat damage that will be dealt this turn. So, yeah. it, you know, if you've paid too much life and you're going to get knocked out, th this could keep you alive for another turn unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, next card is Imp's Mischief, uh, which is actually from... Um, you know, planar chaos or the time, the time spiral block. So maybe we'll see an imps uh, mischief reprint coming up here soon. This is an instant speed for one and a black. It says change the target of target spell with a single target. You lose life equal to the spell's converted mana cost. So not only are you getting like kind of like a pseudo deflecting SWAT in mono black to change the target of a spell, but you're also losing life equal to its converted mana cost. So you might even be able to get to draw some cards with Villas with this. Right. One. And I didn't spoil the next card here in my intro, but I'll spoil it now. It's unspoiling. Uh, split second instant speed for one black black that says until end of turn creatures target player controls lose abilities and have base power and toughness zero two. This is just a really great utility card to maybe shut somebody down for a turn that has stuff that's happening that is going to really uh, negatively impact you. That's right. Uh, and then we also have Vraska's Contempt uh, as an exile removal spell. So this is for two black black instant speed exile target creature or planeswalker and you gain two life. So I actually talked about Dan, I talked to Dan about this this card in particular because I wasn't really sure why he was running this card over a card like Deadly Rollick, which is a four converted mana cost instant that says if you control your commander, uh, you you don't have to pay the mana cost of the card; you can just cast it for free, and it exiles a target creature. Um, but so the only upside of Raska's Contempt would be gaining the two life. And after talking to Dan, he said sometimes the two life can be really relevant. Um, sure. But at the same time, I think the upside of Deadly Rollick is better than the upside of Raska's Contempt. And while I was having this conversation with Dan, he actually switched out the cards. So uh, it is now oh a Deadly gosh. Rollick. So now his deck is even stronger. Wow. Yes, that's right. You're welcome. You're Great. Welcome. And then finally, we have three really, we have three board wipes, essentially. We've got Damnation, Dead of Winter, and Toxic Deluge. So Damnation, Sorcery 2 black black says destroy all creatures they can't be regenerated dead of winter takes advantage of those snow covered swamps so it says all non-snow creatures get minus x minus x until end of turn where x is the number of snow permanents you control it's a sorcery for two and a black and then toxic deluge is a sorcery for two and a black that says as an additional cost to cast the spell pay x life which again relevant with villas but it says all creatures get minus x minus x until end of turn villas is an eight eight so you're not you're probably not going to impact your Villas with those last two cards, but these are three solid board wipes, and I am sad every time I lose my entire board to these. <laughs> yeah, but they're so good. They're um, so good. So uh, that's the end of Dan's list, but I did have uh, two more cards that I kind of wanted to um, talk to Dan about eventually and maybe see if he can fit uh, fit them in the deck. Maybe he, mm. does, he has a fit for the deck, doesn't have a fit for the deck. And that is, uh, the first one is Command the Dread Horde. So this is a six yes. converted mana cost sorcery. So for four black, black. 
says you can return any number of creatures or planeswalker cards from graveyards to the battlefield under your control, and then you lose life equal to the uh, total converted mana cost of all of those cards. Um, so with Command the Dreadhorde, I know Dan is only playing 14 creatures, and maybe that's why he is choosing not to play this particular card. But you can grab cards from your opponent's graveyards too with right. this one. Um, and as long as Gray Merchant is either in your graveyard or one of your opponent's graveyards, I think this is going to be a free a free card draw spell for Villas, and you're going to be able to get a really big board. Um, but you know, it is six converted mana cost. It's a little bit higher, but again, we talked about how this deck will ramp out really well and right. should be able to play this. Um, and the other card that I want to talk about was Liliana's Contract. And Liliana's Contract is a three black black enchantment. It says when Liliana's Contract enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and you lose four life. Um, and has the added effect of at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. Uh, with Villas out on the battlefield, it becomes uh, draw eight cards, which I think is really, really great for five uh, mana. Now, Dan is only playing three demons in his deck, so he'll never actually be able to get the win condition for Liliana's Contract. But I think if he played a Runescar demon, which is an enter the battlefield demonic tutor. Um, he'll have the four demons. We'll be able to fill out that last effect if it does, but really it maybe it's an extra uh, target for your opponent's removal. If they think you're going to try to win that way and it's going to draw you eight cards for five mana. Right, right. No, that's, that seems like a really fun card. And I like, I like seeing Liliana's contract go off as the win con. Um, so Dan, thank you so much for, for your continued support and for being a patron. Um, everybody, we want to thank you all for listening this week. If you want to contact us, you can find our podcast online at theguardianprojectpodcast.com. You can find our social media on Twitter at guardianpod and our gameplay videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash theguardianproject. Or you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at ATFlory. And I'm on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. And of course, we want to give a special thanks to our producer, Ryan Nichols, and our uh, our producer and editor, Ryan Nichols, and also Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design and our thumbnails that look beautiful every single week up on our YouTube channel. Um, thanks again to the both of you. We appreciate all of your work that you do with us. And, and everybody, we will be back next week with episode 91 i can't believe we're already in the 90s ryan we're in the 90s we're in the 90s okay ryan was saying that it felt like we were in the 80s for forever but it was only it was only 10 episodes sorry but ryan and i are 90s kids so we're gonna enjoy it while we're here (laughs) have a great week everyone bye bye